Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I am so thrilled about this show we're about to talk about. Uh, Dr. Kathy O'Bear is joining me here today. And for many of you, if you've listened to her shows like I did to listen to the one yesterday, I was literally off my chair, just jumping off my chair. And I didn't want to call into the show because I didn't want to interrupt the conversations. And I consider the show that she and I are doing today as sort of, a, you know, part two, and then there's a part three and a part four. But the thing that is so important for me to share with you is there aren't any words I can say about who she is right now that would even capture the essence of her passion, her purpose, and her determination for positive change and transformation. I could tell you about her expertise and how she's been in front of educational groups, hundreds of them, K-12 organizations, how she's been a consultant, a speaker, an author, a coach, a trainer, all of those things. But if you were to look and go to her website, you would get a sense about what she's passionate about and how courageous she is, her perspective about telling us about things no matter what. Not to really skirt around the issues, not to really soft pedal some idea of what change and transformation is. And if you were to listen to that show yesterday, and I'm going to make sure that we get you the link for that in this uh, edit of the show we're doing now. If you listen to that show and the other shows, one of the things that you'll find is that this is not about talk without action. It's just not. Today's show again, is one of those things that she and I is so absolutely fired up about. And it's this, is your organization prepared for increased stress, burnout, mental health issues? And then what I want to say about that, when you put that together, decreasingly lower and lower and lower performance and results, because you are completely ignorant to what's going on. Dr. Kathy O'Bear joining me now. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Kathy. Thank you, Dr. Pat. It's always great to be with you. And I have to say, I, um, I think I'm like a lot of the listeners and leaders and organizations that are good-hearted, well-intended, committed to equity inclusion. And for you know, the last few years, I've noticed more people are coming up during my workshops or my virtual courses and saying, Yes, we need to be looking at race, class, sexuality, sex assigned at birth, gender identity. And Kathy, you need to talk about mental health more. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mention it more. But it really wasn't until I saw this research when I wrote to you, I said, that's what I want to talk about. That said to me, I've been talking about self-care for years. I've got a book on it. But to really position mental health issues as a part of self-care and organizational success retention, recruitment, productivity. That's what I want to talk about today because us well-meaning folks who to our knowledge don't have a diagnosable mental health issue, we have to be the leaders and partnering with folks that do to change culture and climate because every organization is losing so many people and we could be supporting success of our individuals or organizations so much more if we put mental health clearly in our equity, diversity, inclusion initiatives. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things you said I want to really, you know, capture here. And sometimes when we talk about this, 
we think we're talking about, oh, maybe we're talking about the frontline worker or well, maybe, or maybe it's just executives are under so much stress. Let's just be very clear. This is not about one group or the other, believe it or not. The research, isn't it showing Dr. Kathy across the board? This is a thing. So the, yes, the survey that I saw and people can Google mind share partners, 2019 mental health at work report was the place where these stats were just blowing me away. It says that 60% of all the respondents said they had symptoms of mental health issues in the past year, 60%. And while 20% of folk said, I have some type of mental health issue. When you look, you break it down. So yes, I was actually, can you imagine 20% of your folks are at work in a culture and environment that is not talking about mental health, where 60% of everybody is scared to talk about it to particularly senior leaders, HR leaders. And those that did raise it over half said, hmm, was a negative to neutral experience. And so I'm not doing that again. We are losing so much capacity because we're not centering mental health along with race, sexuality in it. And But here's the data that really got my attention. As yeah. we boomers are aging out of the workforce, yes, they may be hiring us back. Maybe we're going into 65, 70, staying, but we are leaving. 50% of millennials said they had left jobs. 50% of millennials. So that's what, late 20s to mid 30s? Yeah. Left a job because of mental health issues. Now, we can say, well, they were having the mental health issues. No, it's the environment, the organization that is not evolving to support folks who are having burnout, stress, and some other type of diagnosable mental health issue, which are all livable, manageable, if the resources are there in the organization and the HR benefits, but let's keep going. Gen Z said 75% of Gen yeah. Z we left. So if we yeah. really want organizations that not only capture the innovation, the creativity and the brilliance, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, we have to change what we're doing because the future is these young folks and you and me, we're moving out so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I want to touch upon here and ask you about is um, I did a show, I don't know, six months ago, where I got a copy of a study that was done on the Gen Zers. And the people that did the study were so shocked, they actually didn't know what to do with the results. But you and I, we've seen this. And what they found was that there is this generation when they're asked about what they believe an organization and what's most important to them, and they feel obligated, obligation, they're using that word, not entitlement, but obligation. There's an obligation to really have the workplace honor who they are. Their number one thing they, they were clear about is we need a workplace that is compassionate and empathetic. And that was so counter to all of the other studies that it's such a game changer. I wanna ask you, how prepared or ill-prepared are we here for that generation? So it depends who your leaders and managers are, but in all my work around creating inclusive, high-performing organizations, teams, there is so much resistance. It's not only our generation that got taught, just come to work and leave yourself at the door. I don't know why my voice gets lower when I say it. Or I, I think that's how we actually did say it to people. <laughs> yeah, it's a very uh, hyper-masculine model, white cultural model, U.S. dominant culture of we pay you, so just come. But more than that, with all the recession that's happening, and it's not just in 2008 beyond, no. companies and organizations have been cutting back work, do more with less. Uh, we have younger folks coming in the work environment that are working sometimes two and three jobs, the income has been going down. There's not the type of career ladder that it used to be, especially since 2008 recession. And so we're blaming these young folks for not showing up and investing in work the way that we were taught to. But back when we were starting out, 
organization and companies, you saw a career path. People did have more of a we, whether it was benefits, whether it was promotional opportunities, professional development, there was more there. Today, organizations, companies are cutting back so much because we're trying to get shareholders the money. We're trying to pay high salaries to people. And we, I believe, because of classism, really taking advantage of new employees, folks at quote, low level organizations, which is a lot of the Gen Z millennials who are, as you said, are asking for empathetic, inclusive, full, uh, full person. When you look at the data around mental health, yes, 20% are saying I've left an organization, but folks that are LGBTQ, much higher. Folks that yeah. are black and Latinx, much higher. Yep. And so it's not just by age, you have to look by race, LGBTQ, so sexuality and gender identity. And I think if they looked at more issues, they would find people that have one or more marginalized identities are much more likely to be reacting to a toxic, oppressive work environment. Here's what really pissed me off. And this is why I said, here's what I want to talk about. The research, because I looked at maybe five or 10 different articles. And a couple of folks were saying, it's because these Gen Zers and millennials are on their phones too much. They're on <laughs> Facebook too much or Instagram. And, or they were, um, as they were growing up, they weren't taught to be self-sufficient like we were. And I was, it just pissed me off because again, we're blaming the victim. We're individualizing the situation. And just like our generation was critiqued by several generations before us, you and I are as boomers are really critiquing this new generation when we have to embrace them and partner with them. I think what's going on is yes, organizational expectations 24 7, 365. We're sending out emails at midnight, 2 a.m., and expecting people to respond at 5 or 6 a.m. as they're coming to work. People have longer commutes. This younger generation, including um, up through probably next gen, have significant college debt and graduate level debt. Very different than we were growing up generally. Though folks growing up low income, working class, had probably much more debt than someone like me with class privilege and middle class background. So these younger people coming in, early 20s to 30s and more, are coming with so much societal stress and pressure. And then in the work environment, ageism, racism, adultism, which is kind of like ageism, but it's for the younger folk, Yep. The racism that's been there and now disability oppression in a way where mental health, it's so taboo to still talk about. And while the data does show not only teens, young adults reporting more suicidal ideation, I think it was up to almost 50 percent. Frightens me because those are the employees that are coming in and will be in our work environment. It says something about our national. Yeah context, world, and what can we do as organizations to not have it taboo, to be able yeah. to talk about mental health stress, yeah. burnout. Yeah. I got to ask you this when we come back, Dr. Kathy. People have said to me, Pat, I, don't, I honestly don't have the courage you have, but people have said to me, you need to get back and consult in corporations, Pat. And there's never been anything that has called to me to say, I want to go back and consult until this moment. Because when I read the article, and let's talk about this when we come back, when I read the article, and I think it was uh, Sherm that wrote the article, uh, 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 some kind of article, SHRM, wrote the article about companies are ramping up to, to navigate the mental health epidemic. I thought, ramping up. What are they ramping up for? Because most of them don't even recognize that it's an epidemic. Yeah. And so there's never been a point in time where I thought, maybe there's something that we can do to help. When we come back, we would love for you to share more about what you've discovered and talk about how this becomes insidious and how it seeps in to layers of the organization. And you're right. You know, if we're talking about LGBTQ or we're talking about people of color, whatever that is, what makes us think that with this environment, 
we are going to get open communication, high level creativity, people that will speak up, especially when perhaps if you're working for an airline company and you think the software doesn't work, you may say something. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed by your mind? Powerless when it seems to spin in worry circles or bombard you with self-critical thoughts? Do you want to learn how to master your mind and feel more in control of your life? Listen to Dr. Friedman's Empowerment Radio. Shift from confusion to clarity, self-doubt to confidence, and from anxiety to peace and balance. Dr. Friedman and his many guest experts share the insights and tools you want to live with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in to Empowerment Radio every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet, welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Yeah, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Here's what we're talking about with Dr. Kathy O'Bear. And I want to make sure you have plenty of information about her, her work, uh, the books that that she has uh, authored. Here's what we're talking about. Here's the question. Is your organization prepared for increased stress, burnout, and mental health issues as they are reported by employees? And we're going to dig deeper into this. Um, you know, uh, if you would just for a moment, Dr. Kathy, if you would just let folks know, one, how can they find out more about you? How can they contact you? Uh, since you are an expert here to help organizations, how can they contact you and perhaps have you come in? And then also, how can they get copies of your books? All at the same place. My website is drkathyobear.com. So it's the letters D-R, Kathy, K-T-H-Y-O-B-E-A-R.com, drkathyobear.com backslash events. And if you go there, You'll be able to see, get access to some free resources and webinars. You'll see some of the courses that I'm teaching that you can designing, facilitating effective workshops on equity inclusion, navigating difficult situations in the workplace, which is really uh, emotional intelligence. So on this topic, that virtual self-paced course might be particularly useful in organizations have a whole cohort go through. I have executive leaders do it. Uh, and then you'd have access to all three of my books and you'd see a link there. My email, Kathy at drkathyobear.com, or you can do it through my website. 
So look forward to any kind of conversation. And while I have expertise about creating equitable, inclusive, socially just organizations around having mental health, a key part of equity inclusion initiatives and strategic plans, that is not an expertise of mine. Self-care, yes. Community care, yes. So like I said, when we started, I represent a lot of folks who are just becoming awake uh, in our privileged identities as not disabled people, to my knowledge, to what we need to be doing to partner to really change organizations. And one of the things I want to I want to say, and then I'm going to turn this over to you, is um, here's the news flash for everyone. You know, it's been a, a number of years since literally publishing research on this, but here is the game changer. See, everybody thinks that. The relationship that I have with my company, that that's the thing. But that's not what I found. I found that for the most part, people actually get the rules of the game for companies. But here's what they don't get. What they really struggle with and where a lot of what we're about to talk about comes from. It is the direct relationship between the people, your immediate boss and you your coworker, team leader, and you. These issues here, right? They have within them the ability to receive help. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Because people don't leave jobs like we're talking about if they're having a great relationship with their bosses and their teams. And your research has been replicated over and over again. It's that supervisor in the climate, which you can have an organization that has all these literally thousands of microclimates that can feel overwhelming for senior leaders to think about how do I have those? And it really is systemic organizational long-term culture change to move to be an inclusive organization. Mm. And so some of the data that I read about showed that um, 86% of folks thought it was really important that the organization was very clear about their commitment to creating an inclusive organization with wellness around mental health and that they demonstrated that through the resources. That's key. So it has to be whether it's in the the benefits, but to also be able to say, here's the training we provide so that our senior leaders are talking about mental health as one of the many issues we are concerned about and all those intersections of identity and our supervisors and managers really get great team development training with an inclusion lens that includes mental health. And then you have all kinds of resources that have ongoing development of those working relationships. A lot of it's training. A lot of it might have HR mm-hmm. um, support, confidential ombuds places they could go. But to get leaders to change their mind from this is a mental health epidemic, which is that fear base to we need to create an inclusive organization that truly uplifts and supports all of our employees, including those who have mental health issues now or potentially in the future. Um, Especially because the number I'm told the number of uh, Gen Z folks coming into the work environment is much less than millennials and it's decreasing for a while. And so we really need to get creative about retaining the folks we have, bringing in folks from other organizations that are high performers, developing from within and really shifting our revolving door, which most of the time we think about with race and I wanna keep race centered. What I'm asking and I think what these, this research is saying is we have to keep mental health as one of the many categories of difference on our screen while we also keep, I believe, race, sexuality, sex assigned at birth, gender identity, all those also have to be on our screen. Yeah. I want to ask you, in in the the spirit of what you just shared, I I would love to ask you what you discovered as you looked at this, what you discovered about burnout, what burnout is, uh, and are people talking about burnout, uh, uh, or do we need to be reeducated about it? all of the above. I'm finding um, people my age and even in their 50s and 40s complaining about these younger generations who want work-life balance and want to be able to leave at 4.30 to 
to go coach their kids' little league or right. um, their daughter's soccer team that don't want to be working on the weekends. And so many of us did not push back to these unrealistic and oppressive expectations of working 60, 80 hours a week when we're barely paid for 40. So these younger generations are saying, no, my, my quality of my life is up there along with my work life. And so that's a dynamic that's going on. And so more and more younger folk and 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that I see in my workshops are exhausted, burning out, and don't see the organization besides saying, we'll go to this workshop, do that. Again, it focuses on individual responsibilities opposed to climate culture. Burnout is when you're exhausted, when you don't have the energy for creativity, when you literally may not want to have to get out of bed, when you're pushing yourself to just show up for that next meeting and you're physically there, but not emotionally and innovatively there because there are 15 things going on. Um, so the whole book, actually, I yeah. have it sitting here. In it for the long haul. Again, folks can pop on my website, get a free downloadable copy, get on Amazon. But to really talk about what burnout is and not that you have to be so exhausted you want to quit. Companies, organizations, nonprofits, K-12 have to create ways for people to come together to talk about stress, stress management, system changes that need to happen so that we are not dipping into our emotional well uh, every day. Coming back from break, the song was Everybody's Working for the Weekend. Yeah. Folks are doing that, but I think they're working for, can I just leave this job tonight at five, six o'clock, have a few hours for me, but I have to have childcare, maybe elder care. I'm checking my emails, preparing for tomorrow. Oh, climate change. Are we going to have a nuclear bomb happening out of another country? Because we've, all of that is a different environmental emotional stress press than when you and I, even 40 year olds were growing up, Gen Z, millennials are growing up in a very different environment. Yes, people yeah. are talking about burnout, but they're scared to because there are cutbacks, whether it's higher ed, K-12, nonprofits, corporations, afraid that I'll be the one laid off or pushed to the side, not seen as a high performer if I don't keep showing up. I was reading something this morning that said only 20% of employees are engaged. And so I read a little further, what they're talking about is high performing engagement and what we need to do to get more engaged. Yeah. If we, well, go ahead. I want to ask you this because one of the things too is, it's so interesting you're bringing up engagement. So I, I would love for you to finish that thought. But one of the things is it's almost like if you look at the, let's call them signs, symptoms, if you look at it, even if you're an organization and you're thinking for very selfish reasons, we need to do something about this. The signs are there, aren't they? I mean, take, please complete talking about engagement because it's got to be at some level clear to people that they're not getting what they could get uh, from the level of creativity and engagement from their people. So whether it's people coming in a little late, wanting to leave early, coming late to meetings, and we see that as unprofessional, not a star. We have to look beyond that and wonder what's going on. It could be they're juggling so many things. They had two crises and that's why they came five minutes late to your meeting. People getting more easily triggered. That was my first book, Turn the Tide. All that emotional intelligence to navigate why we are so triggered so many emotional stressors internally, externally, and people blowing up, not being able to do conflict well, um, holding grudges, um, being sick more often. Those were clues for me. Coming into work sick, just not having the energy to come in, but still having the quality of my work go down. And if we see it as individual performance, we will miss the big picture that there is a culture and a climate that has always been there in US capitalism, and I think is increasingly detrimental to the employees, to the benefit of the organization, theoretically, but the organizations are losing out. 
on yeah. our creativity. I have a dear colleague, a caller that said, because of the racism in predominantly white organizations, folks of color are coming to work, but you're probably only getting 20% of our brilliance innovation yeah. because of the daily microaggressions of racism, which are then impacting stress, burnout, potentially mental health. I feel, um, Awkward saying this as a white person, because some of the listeners might think, well, I'll see people of color have more he mental health issues, their deficit. I'm talking about anybody who's got any marginalized identity might be more susceptible because of the oppression and the stress burnout that's going on that's impacting everyone. But someone like me, yes, I'm lesbian. Yes, I identify as female. In organizations, I have so much privilege and so much um, resilience because of all that privilege that I'm not impacted in the same way that a 21 year old out gender non-conforming lesbian might be who's also Latina very different life experiences especially if they were first gen to college I could keep going yeah um, yeah but you know here's what I want to do uh talk about this I want to talk about this in more detail when we come back from break because one of the things that you know doesn't get talked about is looking at and examining, you know, racial microaggressions and burnout and how that begins even before the workplace. You know, we're talking even at the professional and graduate level. And I think one of the first studies perhaps that, that, uh, that came out, what well, came out over a decade ago, but even before that, because this is one of those areas where there is a level of awareness that could happen and change could be made. But this idea of being in a workplace, and now we go from, we go, honestly for me, we go from a term like microaggression, might as well jump right to bullying because the level by which things are happening now in the workplace is really unprecedented. When we come back, let's take a look at what is really underneath that and when we think about this, this term of compassion fatigue, what does that mean? How do we take this idea of anxiety, burnout, aggression, and beyond to say, we need to stop because it is beyond a thing. It is cumulative and it is really inhumane. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Then tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go to ignite the life you deserve. Visit GetRootedRadio.com and tune in. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose, and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. 
In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, One of the things I want to say about Dr. Kathy O'Bear is this. If you uh, have not listened to the show she has done previously, you can definitely get that from her website. We're going to make sure uh, you know how to find out more about her, how to find out about her work and her books. Uh, Dr. Kathy, please let folks know again how they can get a hold of you, how they can find out about the work you're doing, and also your radio shows are all in the same place, yeah? Everything's right on my website. Lots of free resources drkathyobear.com so d-r-k-a-t-h-y-o-b-e-a-r drkathyobear.com you can get down free downloads of all my three books you can get them amazon but why not lots of other resources for book clubs you can also get access to some webinars that i do if you go to drkathyobear backslash events so com backslash events every month i roll out another free webinar and the radio shows are all there too. And what I'm really trying to do as I get to be 63 next month is I want to leave a legacy of resources so the people in the organizations, whatever kind of organization who are passionate and want to learn but may not have the funding can have a lot of free resources to be inclusion change agents, to be leaders, yeah. whether they have the positional power or not. And as we're talking about today, folks on diversity councils, folks who are trainers, How can they get more capacity to create inclusive organizations and having mental health part of that? That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. And I want to ask you exactly this question, because if we're talking about companies and inclusivity, right, uh, and diversity, uh, it's almost as if we can't isolate and separate the conversation about mental well-being Uh, and inclusivity. And I think that for the moment, we're just not bridging the gap. I I don't know that we're seeing organizations or groups in organizations saying, hey, we are part of this group and had to really stand up for our level of inclusivity. And we want to champion these folks. How do we get there? Um, or, Or do you see it happening? I think the stigma and the negative bias and prejudice towards folks who have different mental health dynamics and diagnosed situations is still so high in organizations and society that the courage for people to come out in a work environment and say, actually, I experienced depression, or um, I have some bipolar dynamics, or I have anxiety. And the numbers of folks reporting anxiety is just huge compared to what I understood. And so having HR and anybody doing diversity, equity, work and leaders, getting more research and data to say, this is what's happening in the US, our numbers. If we were to do a survey with our employees, I doubt we would get people to be honest. Um, I think it was Cisco that said 7% of their US workforce, 7% was accessing their mental health and substance abuse treatment. I actually think that's a huge number that would have the courage to, because then people know you are using the resources, even though it's confidential, but the numbers are so high. What was it? 60% said they have some mental health issues sometime in a year. And so how do we normalize? How do we get top leaders talking about wellness and mental health as a part, as easily as they talk about, we want to create environments around race and sexuality, sex assigned at birth, 
disability oppression. So people with disabilities, we think about physical disabilities. We've done such great, some what well, more changing the culture, the environment attitudes. How do we do the same around mental wellness, mental health, um, and not have the stigma around PTSD or manic depressive? Because that's what we see in the media. That's what we see on TV and movies. Um, so how do we train all employees, leaders, especially and supervisors? There's some workshops called Well Start, Mental Health First. And so if you Google uh, mental health first aid, there are organizations that have, and I, I can't guarantee the quality. A, I'm not an expert. So get some folks who have done some work and research and training around mental health awareness and training to look at some of these workshops that you can then have all employees have access to, put it into orientation, require supervisors, because what I know is I really relate that I used to have a lot more fear and anxiety about, well, what do I do if someone tells me they're in depression? But then some colleagues and friends came out as living with depression, came out as living with anxiety. And I realized, huh, I knew them before, I know them now. And I started to do a bit more research, which I need to do more. We have to get most people skilled up. And that's what some of these courses are. Research showed that most employees want to be helpful and supportive. And if their colleague that they're working with on a task force next door, or they're in a virtual team, they want to know more about how to create an environment that minimizes literally the triggers. Um, so many people have experienced sexual assault. It was over 50% of young people in K elementary school that have had at least one significant trauma in their life. So that means one in two, if not more, of the employees we're working with have childhood trauma. And then you add all the other traumas that we have around sexual assault, violence, bullying across all identities. And how do we create a work environment where people can talk honestly as well as have the support to do the healing work we all deserve and not stigmatize folks that might want to use the EAP program or a teletherapy program? I got one more thing, if I could. Yes, please. People could start blaming these younger folks like they just don't have the resilience because they have more mental health. I think my our generations, boomers, Gen X, millennials, I think progressively we all had issues. We just didn't talk about them because we were like, suck it up. But it came out in retention and just the revolving door or physical health and dying sooner. I am delighted that these younger generations are saying, no, we want an environment where we can talk about mental health, racism, the bullying, the harassment, the sexism. We want to talk about these issues because everyone deserves a work environment. They can be fully themselves. And you organization, we will all benefit if we truly have an inclusive organization. We'll all benefit. And, and you know, one of the things, too, I want to just mention, and it really does talk to what you're saying. For 2018 and 2019, almost all of the polls and study done globally, like countries, right? They were very clear in their assessment about where we stand in the United States, right? And what really stood out for the US is the increase in negative experiences. And so when we looked at this, isn't, this isn't just you and I talking uh, and, and quoting a few numbers. Across the board, every study that has been done in these past couple of years, 55% of adults say they experience stress during a lot of the day, compared with 35% globally. So that's like in the world, right? And when you start to look at this over and over again, you know, felt worried, 45%. What this has done is, and we're not talking about it, is as a country now, as a country, we have the highest admitted levels of stress during the day and worry, right? And this is not something that takes us apart and out of the work. Now you compound that with what's going on in the workplace. And we have a cumulative effect here, Dr. Kathy, that is going to affect the health and well-being of our citizens for years to come. 
Could you imagine if all senior leaders just would talk about for our employees to serve the folks we're here to serve, whether it's an education, corporation, nonprofits, we need to invest in the culture and the climate and the daily lives of our employees. And more of our employees are saying just what you said. And so while we're doing diversity, equity, inclusion, we're going to also be talking about mindfulness training and mental health and wellness and the amount of bullying and harassment that's happening in our organizations, especially in these last three years with this sense of emboldened brazenness of people. I had someone in my workshop recently, a white man, spew such racist white supremacist comments in small groups that I didn't even know. And then publicly he did some, but not to the extent he did. That's just the iceberg. There's more and more people saying more and more offensive things in the work environment and fewer supervisors have the skills to engage in and confront it. We use the term microaggression, but that doesn't even begin to call what's happening once, twice, 10 times in a day. And if we kind of center mental health, I can't tell you how many times people say, oh, they were just so crazy or they were schizophrenic or they were an R. So I think you know what the R word is, but I still hear that. I want to do the same thing with all other diagnoses that people are misusing and making fun and making a joke. But I can't imagine if someone is living with anxiety in the workplace and having three of their colleagues making jokes about depression, anxiety, or it's like, I'm so depressed, you know, I have to go home and take care of my kids, yeah. knowing they're not talking about depression, they're talking about stress and burnout. So there's a deep overlap, but we have to make yeah. sure people, all employees and leaders understand mental health, mental health symptoms, and the microaggressions around mental health that happen literally every single day. And, you know, I want to just make a statement about this because I think this is confusion and I don't want people to misunderstand. One of the things that gets associated, and thank you, thanks to what we have out there that has been publicized about some of the issues that have made the headlines. One of the things I wanna be very clear about in the studies is that while people are talking about being stressed and anxious, they did not score high when it comes to anger. And so this is confusing because we wanna go, you're depressed, you're this, and then we put the anger thing on it, right? Because what we say, oh, depressed, da 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 da, and then you're you're prone to violence. No, that is not what this says. In fact, it is just the opposite. And I think that got really confusing, and it really elevated the stigma around mental health and well-being here in the past six months because there was this random, Dr. Kathy, random ah. Uh, not so good, mental, depressed, da, da, da. Okay, these are really angry, violent people. That is not the research. Just want to say that out front. If you look at most of the gun violence and massacres in the U.S., younger white men. There's other identities as well on that. And the, the right-wing media quickly, as you said, it's a lone wolf. The language we're using, isolated, uh, instead of looking at racism, white supremacy, hyper-masculinity, and trying to create greater inclusion, dismantle the systemic oppressions that are everywhere. We could talk for hours and days. I know, it. I know we could, but I think it's important for us to open up the door for this conversation because if, if you and I are not going to talk about it, who's going to talk about it? Yes. And so how in organizations can equity inclusion, change agents, teams be bringing mental health in without stigmatizing and having it one of the many while we're still talking about race and class. And I have to say one of the good practice I found was Cisco has a hashtag safe to talk, a virtual community where employees can weekly come together and just talk. So employee resource groups have been a very powerful change management around some of the other identities to i wonder how many organizations are wondering how can we have one for folks who experience mental health issues who are allies who want to learn more and so people come together as education help yeah. the organization learn but also folks that are living with anxiety depression 
other dynamics that can come and maybe find others so they know they're not alone. Power of collective work with HR leaders. How do we change the culture, the environment, the systems, the policies? Same way we're trying to change it around institutional racism, institutional sexism, homophobia, classism. We, we know how to change organizations. We have to get the willingness. And if some of the stats we've shared today aren't enough, then what if it was your child? Yeah. What if it was your best friend? What if yeah. people will sue your organization because you are not creating an inclusive work environment? What yeah. will one of those suits cost in your reputation and your money? So I don't care why your leaders want to do it. Yeah. Find their self-interest, the leadership case. Yeah. We've got to increase EAP. We got to increase mental health services. We have to increase understanding of them, training, a lot of what we talked about today. Yeah. And I, I want to do something, if you're open to it, I would love for you to come back because I want to have a conversation about lifting the veil of opioid addiction. And the reason I want to talk about this is because today's show and what you presented sets the stage for it. Because what we're not talking about, this is what we're not talking about when we say the word opioid. We say opioid drug companies. So here's what we're not talking about. We're not talking about what you just shared today. And we are not talking about that the crisis between 13 and 17 years old, that that crisis, when, when asked, this is shocking. When you ask these folks and you ask them, what about anxiety and depression? And and a, a hair, 2%, say it's not a problem. Close to 70% say it's a major problem. And 20 plus percent. And then you go down the list of bullying. If we don't connect those dots the way you did today, Dr. Kathy, if we don't connect those dots, we're never, there's not, a, there's not no amount of litigation that's going to take care of what's really going on with our kids. It's just not. Well, what I respect is you keep bringing up issues. And again, I'm not an expert. I'll do research, but yep. I can pull Let's a lot of dots together on why we're so yep. concerned about opioid today, yep. how we dealt with crack, the race, the class dynamics, while we also bring in mental health. Because I am those leaders who care, but need to know more. So I will get yep. knowing more and we'll come Let's do it. Bring in some experts. Okay. Yep. And without coming to a conclusion, because I'm not an expert either. But I know one thing is when you ask a whole bunch of people between 13 and 17, and they say anxiety and depression, close to 72% say it's a major thing. I think we have to stop and listen. What do you think? Let's do it. Thank you. All for right. Having me on. This was great. Dr. Kathy O'Bear, everybody. And I'm telling you, this is just a little bit of what you're going to discover about her, her work, her passion. Uh, please, everybody, go check it out. Website one more time, Dr. Kathy. DrKathyObear.com backslash yeah. events if you want to start accessing some of my free resources. Help yourselves. And we need your help. We need to hear from you. We need your help. Uh, help us understand what is it like in your world? so we can make it better. And pretty soon, we're gonna give you an 800 number that you can call and leave a message and we will take it on. That's coming in 2020 for us to respond to all of you. With, with every bit of respect for all of you as listeners, you're the best on the planet. We wanna to say to you, we have not given up on you and we don't plan to. We'll see you next time. <laughs>